All right. Hello to everyone listening. Um, I've got Jeff Stott here and I'm Chris Creech and we are recording our Conversations podcast and we are taking a quick break from the doctrine of Genesis Church um, to kind of sidetrack a little bit and talk about the idea of the doctrine of end times. We've seen, I mean, a lot of posts lately and had a lot of questions about what do the end times mean for us? You know, what does the Bible say about the end times? And then we've heard a lot of specific theories about how now relates to the end time. So we are going to be focusing on how as Christians we should respond to the idea of the end times, to what the Bible says about the end times, and to what other people say about the end times. And we're also going to help answer a couple of questions that we got on the Facebook yesterday. So go for it. Okay. So um uh I think one of the questions that somewhere out there had dealt with, you know, why did we switch, you know what I'm saying? From the yeah, subject yeah. we were to talking about this. Well, the bottom line is, uh, for one reason or another, uh, you know, Chris, me, uh, we both have had several conversations either through email, text, in person, you know, whatever, um, uh, questions about end times. And for whatever reason, the whole COVID-19, the political situation, uh, the uh, political unrest, you know, and some the other issues, social issues in the United States, around the world, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it seems to have generated um, a lot of thought and uh, um, considerations on discussion, discussion yeah. you know, with, you know, how does this all relate to end time stuff? Now, okay, I want to be up front. First of all, we are not going to get into all that. Okay, we're not going to get into, you know, who's the Antichrist and what's, the Antichrist yeah, all that stuff and all that. Right. We're not. That's not what this is about. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we want to accomplish in in this episode, which will probably be longer than normal. Okay, just to give you a heads up there, um, to what we're trying to accomplish in this episode is regardless of what happens and when it happens, regardless of, you know, the, who the antichrist is or isn't, or whatever was, whatever's going on with, you know, the mark of the beast, if you're concerned about that, you know, in some form or whatever, regardless of all that stuff, how are we to respond? What does the Bible say regarding how we are to react to all the stuff that's going on, whether it's end time stuff or not. And I'll be honest with you, the Bible is very clear. I mean, it's, I mean, we're going to see some scripture today and in, and, and it's in the, and it's in the context of a lot of prophecy stuff. And I promise you, many of you who are listening have probably, you'll know the prophecy stuff, but you didn't pay attention to what came right after it. And that's where Paul tells you, Here's how you respond to it. And because uh, we get all caught up in all the bad, st what I call the bad stuff, you know what I'm saying? All the drama of prophecy. And, uh, and we lose. I mean, it's it, in reality, if we're looking at the book of Revelation, it's really more interesting to read about a dragon than <laughs> what we're to do with the information. You know? Yeah. So in fairness. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yeah. Hey, man. You know, I would rather watch Lord of the Rings then figure out what I'm supposed to do with it later. Sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. 
<laughs> so, okay. <laughs> all right, so here we go. All right, first of all, uh, let's talk about some big picture stuff. And then we're going to hone in on some things regarding prophecy and end time stuff. Okay. Uh, there are four major parts to history. Okay. According to the Bible's storyline, four major parts, creation, fall, redemption. And then the last one is called restoration. Those are the four major parts of world history. This involves the, the restoration involves the final defeat of evil and the establishment of God's kingdom on earth. And when you talk about prophecy or future things or end times, we're talking about that fourth part called restoration. That's, that's the part we're, we're discussing. Now, prophecy is, is important, okay? Um, matter of fact, approximately a quarter, 25% of the Bible was prophecy at the time it was written, you know, and some of it's been fulfilled, like a lot of the Old Testament stuff. And then you got chunks in the New Testament that are prophecy, like a whole book called Revelation. Then you got sections, a large section in Matthew. You got sections in First Timothy and and several and First Thessalonians and some other, uh, some other places, which we're going to take a look at some of those. So the Bible presents the glorious end to come as the source of ultimate hope. And so I, I do, and, and it, sometimes it may sound like we're discouraging you to, to, to study, prof, to not study prophecy. Uh, but however, uh, I should say, we're, it sounds like we're encouraging to not study prophecy. Uh, but we really, that's part of the Bible. And we want you to study the Bible. If you're gonna study the Bible, then you're going to encounter prophecy. We just wanna make sure you approach it with the right mindset. Because uh, a lot of folks, they'll start, study, they'll start studying prophecy and then they'll start seeing a lot of things in the world and then they become afraid mm -hmm. and they become fearful and then they become obsessed and then they become, they just start talking about weird things. They start seeing every little detail as something that God never intended them for, for them to see. And they start freaking out basically about a lot of things. We don't want any of that. Okay. Uh, we want you to, we want you to walk in faith and hope and love and, and have endurance and persist, uh, persistence and patience and, and confidence and, uh, you know, walk through all this stuff with your head held high. All and, right. Uh, so yeah, the study of prophecy should be like anything else in the Bible. Any, any study we do, what, what's the goal of studying anything in the Bible was well, to be more like Christ. The goal is to be more Christ-like. Mm -hmm. And when we study prophecy, that's no different. We study it in order to become more like Christ, to know more about him and therefore to be more like him. And um, so when we study prophecy, it's important to keep that goal in mind too. It's also important, you were talking there and I, something came into my head, but it's also important to um, to know what you're studying in prophecy. So if you read say a book of the Bible that has some prophecy in it, it's important to be able to study uh, who that was addressed to, um, you know, the context and why it was being addressed to people. So man, if you look at the, you know, the Old Testament, you have whole sections devoted to prophets, the major and minor prophets. Well, were they prophesying about right now? No. Were they prophesying to the people then? Yes. Um, 
And so it's important to also be able to differentiate what kind of prophecy you are studying. Is this fulfilled prophecy, unfulfilled prophecy, and who was this prophecy addressed to and why? So, you know, largely the, the major and minor prophets in the Old Testament were addressing Israel and giving them direct messages from God, usually relating to uh, check yourself before you wreck yourself um, <laughs> or, you know, shape up or you're going to be destroyed. I mean, that's largely what happened. And then, you know, the vast majority of that prophecy has been fulfilled. So, well, you know, and yeah. when you study anything in the Bible, uh, you know, James says, you know, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of it. Right. When you approach prophecy, you got to take the same mindset. I mean, if you're just, if you're just studying prophecy and you're just hearing it and gaining a bunch of head knowledge, uh, then you're studying it wrong. I mean, it, it don't, don't start saying it's fascinating. Okay. I mean, because if I had to put it in a movie category, it's like science fiction, it's fantasy. I mean, but it's real, you know what I'm saying? Right. And so, um, but, uh, and it's very, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff that comes with it, a lot of interesting things that come with it. But but the bottom line is, if you're going to study prophecy to be a doer of the word, so you have to ask yourself, what does prophecy, studying, what does it cause me to do? You see what I'm saying? And so if you approach studying prophecy that way, then you'll, you'll, you'll more than likely come out on the other side, you know, not obsessed with prophecy Um, uh, because we all go, every believer goes through it. I mean, if you are a new believer and you haven't studied prophecy yet, you know, you're, you're just, you are in for a treat. I mean, you really are because you're just going to have more questions that can be answered. It's going to be fascinating and frustrating at the same time, uh, trying to figure it all out. So, okay. So before we dive into this, I do want to say this in the context of what we're talking about. Um, if you are studying prophecy right now, if you're, if you're reading books about it and you're studying and looking in the scripture, if you are studying prophecy and end time matters and, uh, eschatological subjects, you know, in the Bible and you become fearful and you become afraid and you become worried about the future, then you are not studying prophecy correctly because you're about to find out that prophecy is given to us to prepare us and encourage us and motivate us. And can it be alarming? Absolutely. Uh, is there some alarming statements that you get calls concern? Absolutely. Are you concerned about your family, your kids, your grandkids, whatever's down the pipeline? Uh, absolutely. But, um, but if you find yourself, you know, thinking about, I need to become a hermit and get off the grid and get away from people and, and, and make sure nobody knows where I live kind of a thing because the world's about to fall apart. Uh, okay. We, we need to have a conversation because, uh, there is a difference between being prepared, uh, and, uh, in panic. You know, so, uh, uh, and that may look a little different for everybody, but 
uh, just want to throw that out there because, uh, you know, there, you know, you have extremes on everything. You have some people study prophecy and they just blow it off and don't, they don't prepare nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then you have people who study it and then they panic and they kind of go to extremes on things. So, and the, the idea of preparation as well, we'll talk about that. What is, yeah. what do you mean by preparation? You know, also you used a, um, you used a seminary word. If I had a buzzer, I'd buzz you. Yep. Um, eschatological studies, the studies yep. of the end times. Right. That's it. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's right. Yeah. One there more time. Yeah. I thought in my head, I thought we'd already talked about that. It's okay. Yeah. Because you know what? On my note, on my notes here, I have uh, the next thing is the definition. Oh, there you go, man. Yeah, I don't have go. my buzzer though. So. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Actually, it would be good to have a buzzer. I need one. Uh, all right. So uh, let's uh, let's talk about a definition here or, or a word. Okay. So, okay. In the broad study of Christian doctrine. Uh, you will normally find our subject that we're talking about today uh, at the end of the list. So like, for example, if you were to take a theology book that covers like all the doctrines, like the doctrine of Jesus, doctrine of God, doctrine of the Holy Spirit, doctrine of the church, you know, uh, doctrine of spiritual warfare, all that kind of stuff. Um, you'd go, you'd see about 10 major doctrines or so. And usually you would find what we're talking about as the last chapter. Okay. And, but I want to say that just because it's the last chapter does not mean it's the least important. Uh, it is important. And, uh, God wouldn't have told us all this stuff if it wasn't significant and valuable and important to us and to us understanding, uh, what he's doing. And so, uh, and the word that we're, the seminary word as Chris pointed out, I just said a while ago, uh, is actually uh, eschatology, okay? That's the big word, and it just simply means uh, the study of last things. Actually, it means last, okay? The study of something last. Uh, And so the last things that are to happen, you know, the prophecy stuff, the end time stuff, the revelation stuff, the antichrist stuff, the tribulation stuff, all that stuff falls under this category called eschatology, and that's what we're talking about uh, today. Okay, and so that in, and that would include things like the when we're talking about eschatology, it includes things like the return of Jesus, okay, uh, tribulation, the resurrections, like our resurrection from the dead, uh, judgments, you know, the kingdom to come, new heaven, new earth, all that stuff, heaven, hell. That's all in that category of eschatology. It's a big category. It's huge. <laughs> Uh, which tells you there, the Bible talks a, a lot about it. Right, and I think right. there's a lot of times you're reading the, when a person's reading the Bible, they're reading about, you know, end time stuff, but they don't realize it. Right. It's never well, it's funny. You said it's such a big topic because the Bible talks so much about it. And, and at the same time I was thinking it's a really big topic or it's a really talked about topic because the Bible doesn't say enough about it. You know what I mean? So we talked about in one of the first podcasts we did, we talked about the importance of good doctrine. And we talked about how what tends to happen is we find a gap in scripture, something that's unexplained. And we want to pack that gap right. with our own theories. And Oh my goodness. End times is like ripe for the picking yeah, it for is. fitting in our own doctrine. And so I was thinking that's why there's so much of it out there. So that's funny, man. Yeah, it is interesting. Nice. Okay, so uh, now again, before we specifically get into some passages here, uh, there are two categories I want to talk about when it comes to eschatology, okay, end time stuff. 
one category is called personal eschatology. Okay, this addresses the future of the human person, an individual. Uh, matters such as death, you know, what happens after death, uh, the intermediate state, uh, in the views of that, meaning what happens between, okay, you know, there are some views that, you know, you know, what happens? We die. Okay, we're, we know we're going to go to heaven, but is there something in between? I'm not talking purgatory, but there's different views about what happens, you know, and so that falls into that eschatology category. Uh, our resurrection, the Bible talks about when Jesus comes back, the dead in Christ will rise, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, there's these judgments that's coming. Uh, you know, where a person will, will spend eternity, you know, this is all what we call personal eschatology. Uh, again, you can talk about individuals, what happens. Okay. All right. So the second category, and this is the one we're really going to probably spend a lot of time talking about. And this is where a lot of the questions usually come from. And it's called prophetic eschatology. You know, this is where, uh, oh, by the way, this is sometimes called cosmic because it's so huge, uh, but prophetic eschatology addresses the broader issues such as the biblical covenants and how that plays out in the end times, uh, the rapture, the tribulation period, the second coming of Jesus, the millennium, and uh, what's called the eternal state. And so this, in, and this prophetic eschatology area, uh, includes subjects like the Antichrist, the Mark of the Beast, basically the Book of Revelation, you know. Uh, but uh, so you have two there, okay? And now we're, we'll flip flop back and forth because they overlap at times. Uh, but we're going to spend a lot of the time talking about what to do with prophetic eschatology. Um, so anyway, I wanted to kind of give you some bigger pictures and give, give some language and definitions out there before we get into this, uh, uh, into this. All right. So, uh, Chris, I'm about to dive into actually how we respond to end time stuff. Uh, anything you want to share before we get going on this? I don't think so. I think as okay. we get into that, it'll start jumping it'll just... into, we got, we got several questions, not only, from individuals talking to us, like Jeff said. Um, and by the way, um, Jeff's been a pastor for a long time. I've been a pastor since 07. Um, and this is by far the most questions I've ever had about the end times um, has been this year. And I mean, yeah, 2020 has been crazy, but you know, so, um, so we did get a couple of questions online and in person, and that's, I think we'll be able to address those as we go on through that. Okay, so uh, here's what I'm going to do. I've got some scripture, and I'm I'm going to I'm going to read it, make some comments, because I, I find that if if we if 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 you got your Bibles, you know this might you can pause it. Obviously, if you're watching it later, you can pause it and and um, and just kind of follow along. Uh, just so you know, I am reading from the uh, NLT. That's the translation I use. Uh, but, uh, here we go. So the first scripture I want to deal with is second Timothy chapter three, uh, beginning in verse one. Okay. So let's start with that one. Okay. So the context is 
Paul is talking to Timothy, who is a pastor, a church leader, and he's telling him some things, what to expect as a pastor and how to respond and all that kind of stuff. So here's what he says. He says this. He says in verse one, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult time. Okay, now, our subject is eschatology, the things, you know, uh, in the, regarding the last days, things that come last, the future stuff. So Paul is talking about in the last days, there will be difficult times. So, so here we go. And now he's about to describe what these things are like. You ready? Okay. For people will love only themselves, okay, and their money. Hmm, that sounds that sounds uh, sounds like today. Uh, they will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Then, he goes on to say a few other things about all that, but then in verse 10, Paul reminds Timothy how he is to react to all of this. And here's what he says. But you, Timothy, instead of acting like what we just read, but you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. He says, you know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. So what he is saying is, he says, Timothy, look, in the last days, you are going to have some very difficult times. Um, but follow my example is what he's saying. And my example is one of faith, patience, love, and endurance. Okay, now let me stop here for just a minute. Here's what happens in real time, real world. We see a world that seems to be falling apart. Okay. Uh, people are... They love themselves, they love their money, they scoff at God, they're hating people, they're ungrateful, they're calling some, something bad that's good, and what's good, bad. I mean, and it just on and on it goes. And now you watch the news, you listen to stuff's going on, you could probably find examples for every one of these on Facebook, social media, whatever. And so, um, in some ways, we're experiencing you know, last days. And, and now again, we're not going to get into the conversation of when did the last days start. Okay. Uh, but now for me, I believe we're somewhere in there. Okay. I mean, as soon as Jesus resurrected, the la to me, the last days sort of began at that point for me. So anyway, and it's just going to continue going the direction it's going. So here's the deal. I always tell people when the world gets bad and we say things, man, I've never known the world to be this bad. Okay, that may be true, and but however, God told us it was going to be this way, okay? So this is not like something strange is happening, something out of the control of God. Okay, so, but the way you respond to this is very important because it is so easy to get caught up 
in the gossip, the slander, the hate, the prejudice, the racism, the just whatever it is, the unlovingness, the selfishness, you know, uh, all the things you can, you can kind of start becoming part of the problem rather than bringing light into darkness. And so we're going to have to die to ourselves and we're going to have to choose the path that Paul took. And so I want to walk through real quick on this little bit here. He says these four things. He says, okay, he says, when the, in the last days, when the bad things start happening, you know, he says, first of all, pay attention to your faith. He says, look at my faith. He says, so particular, this, this particular faith he's talking about in verse 10 is referring to a lifestyle of faithfulness that is driven by faith in God. Now, when the bad things start happening as a Christian, you are going to be tempted to respond in fear, okay? Now, there's a difference between fear and being prepared, and that's all that kind of stuff. Uh, but we cannot let fear dominate what we do. Okay, because the bottom line is we are not to be afraid of death, not be afraid of pain, we're not to be afraid of living for Jesus. We're just there are just some things we're gonna have to do that's just gonna be scary, if you will, okay, and uncomfortable. Uh, but we're gonna have to be faithful through all the difficult stuff and faithful to you know to pray, faithful to be patient, faithful to love our enemies, and faithful to love God and all all that kind of stuff. But he says. He talks and says, look, pay attention to my faith because we're going through this stuff together and I am showing you how to trust God in the midst of all this. And by the way, if you got kids or grandkids that live with you, um, man, the way you react and the way you comment about what you see on the news, they pick up. And uh, if you're whining and complaining and talking fear and hatred and all that kind of stuff and frustration, yeah, they'll, they'll pick it up, you know what I'm saying? And so be very careful of what's coming out of your mouth and, and check your heart on all this stuff. All right, so he says, my faith, pay attention to that. He also says, he refers to his patience. Okay, so this carries the idea of long suffering. You are determined and persistent in your heart to serve Christ, and you have a never give up and never give in, regardless of the cost attitude. Now, I want to tell you, when you go through the list of bad things in the last days, like Paul walked through, um, it is going to be discouraging. You're going to want a quick fix. You're going to want God to bring a revival, a spiritual awakening. You're going to want, you know, the enemies of God to be thrown in jail or eliminated or something. You know what I'm saying? You're going to want the problems to go away. And, but again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom here. Okay. Don't miss what I'm saying, but God's up front. He, he said in that passage we just read in the last days, this is what you can expect. Okay. And he's not trying to be negative and I don't think we should be negative uh, or the glass is half, you know, empty kind of a thing, but, but we're going to just kind of have to be patient through all of these last days difficulties. I mean, Jesus was very clear in this world, you will have trouble. I mean, it's just going to, Jesus was upfront about all this. So you're going to need faith. You respond by faith and you're, and you're going to have to be patient. Okay. And so, uh, number, number three, another thing he says here, he refers to his love. He says, all right, Timothy, pay attention to my love. And he's talking about his love, uh, loving God and loving others. And, I want to tell you, it is hard to love people who love themselves. 
It's hard to love people who love themselves. It's hard to love people who simply just love money, who are greedy. It is hard to love people who scoff at God. I mean, just go through the list and just ask yourself, okay, can I love people who are disobedient to their parents? Can I love my kids when they're disobedient to me? You know, can I love people who are ungrateful? Uh, can I love people who consider nothing sacred, who just make fun of everything that I find precious about Jesus and God? You know, can I love people who are unloving and unforgiving? I'm, I'm re what I'm doing, I'm looking at Second Timothy chapter three, just going through there. Can I love these people? Right. Okay. So, um, and Paul is saying, yes, you can. It's going to take the power of God uh, in your life working. But again, the Bible talks a lot about love. This is one of the reasons why God is constantly hammering out uh, our, uh, our growth in love. Because at some point, especially in the end times, when it gets, you know, you think it's bad now. But when it gets really bad, uh, you're going to need a high level of love for God and others. Uh, or it's going to be very frustrating for you. And then he finally says, uh, he refers to his endurance. Uh, this particular word is sometimes translated perseverance, and it has more to do with enduring difficult circumstances rather than difficult people. And that, may, that might mean you live in a bad neighborhood, you lose your job. I mean, difficult times, okay? Uh, it may mean that your spouse is not a believer and is creating havoc for you. Uh, your children aren't believers, you know, I mean, just, I mean, whatever you can think of. Okay. But here's the deal. Uh, you're going to have to endure through the pain. Um, okay. So, uh, all right now, believe it or not. Okay. I have a mouthful of teeth. Okay. All right. Got them all. And, um, when I was younger, uh, I was born with abnormally large teeth. I mean, I mean, abnormally large. And so uh, my teeth were uh, like very, like a train wreck. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just all crooked because there just wasn't enough room. So they were going all different directions. And uh, so the, the dentist and orthodontist and the team of people, they said, okay, Jeff, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have to pull some teeth. Okay. Some of your baby teeth and some of your permanent teeth are coming out. And so, uh, make a long story short, when it's all done, all said and done, I had 21 teeth in total pulled out over time. 21. So, um, I remember early on through all that process, I'm laying there and they are yanking and pulling my teeth. And I, I would stare at this picture that was on the wall. And I, when I, of course, I was a kid and I was holding on to the seat of the, uh, the uh, dentist uh, chair. And uh, I was, I knew that at some point this was going to be over. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it wasn't going to last forever. But those moments of enduring the pain, catch the word, enduring the pain resulted, you know, eventually the pain went away and, and resulted. And at one time it had nice white straight teeth, you know, then you get older, they just all fall apart, you know, but, uh, but in some ways that is what during the end times, when it gets really bad, that's what this word endurance means. You're going, it's going to be uncomfortable. Uh, it's not going to be easy. 
being a Christian is not going to be popular at all. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right now, I mean, man, every Sunday morning, I get up, I go to church, I'm around a bunch of believers. People know we meet, we advertise, you know, and I, I have, I'm not concerned about getting arrested, thrown in jail, you know, that kind of stuff around and around the world. That's already happening, uh, has been happening since day one, you know, but, um, uh, but those kind of days are coming as well. So, but we're going to have to, we're going to have to, uh, begin getting into the word, encouraging each other and going through whatever it is that God wants to, and we're going to have to endure. Okay. So all that said, <laughs> Paul tells us it's going to be bad. End time's going to be bad. Your response is not fear. It's not obsession. It's not worry. It's not panic. It is faith, patience, love, and endurance. So when, you, when you're talking about prophecy and you're having a conversation with others, what does that conversation sound like? Does it sound like worry, concern, fear, panic? Or does it sound like faith, patience, love, and endurance? I guarantee you, if you'll listen, you'll find out where you're really at on this whole uh, end time stuff. Okay, so that's scripture number one. All right, uh, Chris. Yeah. What you got? <laughs> no, um, just going back to a couple of your points, you know, you, you were talking about um, a few of the signs of the last days. And, and I think, you know, and you, you touched on it a little bit, but people tend to think when we say last days, what we mean is the very end. When in reality, we're talking about, I mean, thousands of years already, maybe, I mean, you know, could the world last another 10,000 years? Sure. We, we just don't know. But every generation has claimed the last days at some point or another. Um, every generation, including a few people in the Bible, um, you know, believed they were living, you know, and would not die before Jesus comes back. And so it's important to put ourselves in that big picture, because I think some of the issues that we've got where, where people are saying, you know, Jesus is coming back, like, in a week, you know, is that um, our faith is to a degree shaped by our identity as Americans. And what what tends to happen is, you know, America has a tough time, you know, big election season coming up, a lot of divisiveness here. And, and it immediately translates into, oh man, we've got big problems here. This must be the end times. Whereas in other countries, maybe they're doing better, but we don't see that because we're kind of inwardly focused on what's happening in, in our country. Um, and then you were, you were talking a little bit about, you know, giving the the discussion that something bad is coming. And when we talk about that, when, when we talk about the idea that we're getting a warning, um, that is actually, so it, it's a weird definition, but when someone is, is kind of giving us information about the coming difficulties, it is, it covers two things. It's an encouragement because, and we'll talk about this later, but God wins. And it's also a, an exhortation to preparedness. It's saying, get ready because it's going to get tough, but God wins. So it's an encouragement and it's an exhortation to be, to be prepared. Um, you also kind of mentioned, how do we react to the various uh, theories and things out there? And, and for some reason, 
um, a lot of the stuff that I've seen, not even necessarily from Genesis, but just around the, the internet and everything is that um, some of the posts have a tone of stopping what's going on. Um, so, you know, X person is the antichrist, you know, and Y event is this, and, you know, they're correlating it all to revelation. And then basically they're asking, so what do we do to stop it? And, and like you said, the Bible is very clear, man, this is coming like a freight train and you don't get to stop it. And, and so it's important that we react, not like you said, with panic, with fear, trying to stop things, but that we're able to say, God comes out on top in this. And so, yeah. Well, well you said something that made me think of, um, sure. you know, it's called the imminent return of Christ. Yep. And so um, me, that means we, as Christians, we, we assume that Jesus can come back at any moment. It doesn't mean that we think he's going to come back at five o'clock this afternoon. Right. Okay. Or 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. And so, uh, but he could. I mean, that's just, kind of, that's imminent return. We just, sure. we are prepared and ready. And, you know, we know that he's going to come and it could be any moment, that kind of thing. Right. And so, and we just prepare ourselves for that. Now, but and again, in, believing in an imminent return of Christ does not mean I quit my job and sit on the front yard, wait for him to right. return. Okay. Right. I still got to go to work. I still got to pay bills. I still got to be a good citizen in whatever country I live in. I still, you know, I still got to, I got responsibilities. I got to be a person and do whatever it is that God wants me to do. Uh, so if you're studying prophecy and you feel like you need to move to Panama or move to some other place, you know, because you think the world's coming to an end or the, your country's coming to an end, uh, you know, don't buy the ticket so fast, you know, uh, think, think through, okay, God, what is it you're really doing here? What is it you want me to do? Um, how do I respond to this? You know, well, it's by patience, you know, love, endurance, you know, and that kind of stuff. So, um, there was something else I had there, but I don't forgot. So there you go. That's all right. Um, okay. We ready to move to uh, the sure. next picture. Sure. Okay. All right. So here again, what we're doing is we're talking about eschatology, end time stuff, but our focus is on how do we respond to it? We're not talking about theories. We're not getting into all that stuff, you know, like who the antichrist is, all that. We're not doing that. And, um, you know, you, there's plenty of material out there. You can do that. Uh, but what I do find though, is a lot of the prophetic material or end time material, uh, they get into that stuff, but they don't do a whole lot of what we're doing. How do you respond to this? They tend to just make it up as they go <laughs> based on some of the ones I've seen anyway. Some of them, I mean, are, are good. Some of them are bad. It's kind of like, I think we were talking about this before we started recording, but if you're, if you're getting into it, um, you need to understand if you are uh, spiritually mature enough to what we would say, eat the meat and spit out the bones. So are you able to filter this through scripture? And so, right. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are a new believer, uh, I would encourage you to, uh, talk, to, if you want to read books, talk to somebody who's down the road a lot further right. and they can recommend some solid stuff, uh, to get you started. And by the way, I've got a bunch of solid stuff 
sitting on my shelf. And here's the thing, before we got together uh, to record this, uh, I thought, well, let me pull out and see what they say, see what they say about how to respond. Okay, I found one statement in about five theology books. It was because all the, the theology was all about all that other stuff that people like to talk about when it comes to prophecy. And, right. uh, and they had almost, almost nothing to, well, what do I do with this? You know, how do I respond to this? You know? And, uh, so that's one of the reasons why, you know, we're, we're doing what we're doing today with this uh, podcast. So, uh, what, what's our time so far? Where are we at? We're at about 35 minutes. So okay. we're doing, we're doing all right. Okay. All right. So, uh, all right. And if you got your Bibles or whatever you're reading the Bible from, uh, you might want to take a look at first Corinthians 15. Um, so after telling some Christians in Corinth, uh, about the coming resurrection, talking about the resurrection of believers and the transformation of the body, uh, that's again, that's in time language, that whole first Corinthians 15 is talking about what's come and specifically in the, for the believer being resurrected. First Corinthians 15, 58 says this at the end of it. He's Paul says, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is uh, ever useless. Okay. So he talks about what's to come. Okay. Uh, the end time stuff. And before he leaves this point, he said, he just summarizes, okay, what do you do with this information? And Paul says, first of all, he says, be strong. Okay. Means to be firmly situated, anchored down is what he's saying. You are anchored down emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and theologically. So don't, don't go, don't freak out. Okay. With end time stuff and uh, be strong with that. He also says, be immovable. Uh, this is referring to being immovable regarding God's will. Uh, you know, don't just jump on something because it sounds true. Okay. Uh, study, find out, pray through it, talk to others, work through it. Um, but be immovable. Don't, uh, don't be blown around by every wind of doctrine that comes around about end time stuff. And, uh, cause I've been, now I'm 51 and, uh, I do know that I have heard people, I remember them, I have heard, heard Christians say over my brief little life that the antichrist, uh, was Ronald Reagan, <laughs> Bill Clinton, Obama, Okay. You see where this is going? Trump. Okay. And, um, and it's amazing to me that those in the United States always assume that the president that they don't like is the antichrist. So, um, and, and this is where, you know, people, they just try to connect some dots and they come up with, they, they find these Bible codes and they, you know, do all this stuff and they, and it's just, and it points to something in the stars and then everything lines up and everything. It just gets weird. And, uh, and I just simply go, where does the Bible say that? You know, what, what does the scripture say? Well, Paul is saying, look, when it comes to end time stuff, be strong, be immovable, 
be solid. You know what I'm saying? Don't just go, don't go from one antichrist theory to another. You understand what I'm saying? So, and he also says, uh, he says, always, always work enthusiastically for the Lord. Here's what I find. I find people who are not in ministry, serving, loving people, blessing folks. Uh, they, if they're just sitting around studying the Bible all the time, and listen, this sounds weird. But if they're just simply studying the Bible all the time and not doing anything with it, they become some weird people. I mean, they become Christian eggheads, or I don't even know if they're Christians, but they become very biblically knowledgeable eggheads. You know what I'm saying? And, um, uh, but Paul is saying, hey, look, end time stuff, until, no matter what's happening and until it happens, he says, work enthusiastically with enthusiasm for the Lord, whatever that ministry is, pour yourself in that, uh, study the Bible, study prophecy, study all the other stuff. Uh, but man, serve people, bless people, love them. You know what I'm saying? Lead them to Christ, help them grow spiritually, you know, answer their question, make disciples, be a disciple who makes disciples, all that stuff. And, um, so that's what Paul is saying, um, in light of this end time stuff. So, in light of the end of the end coming, you should not be easily discouraged, easily fearful, and easily distracted. That's what he's saying. You know, you should be laser focused on what God has called you to do. You're going to be strong. You're going to be immovable, and you're going to serve God enthusiastically. You know, you're not going to be a complainer. You're not going to be a whiner. You're not going to be a Monday morning critic. That's just not where you're going. You know, you are your your goal, your job as a believer is to respond by being strong, immovable, and enthusiastically serving the Lord, regardless of what happens with all this end time stuff. All right, that's that little section on that verse. What you got? Yeah, and I'd I'd add that um in in addition to what you said, the being strong and immovable also helps us keep as Christians our credibility. Um, you know, there are uh, I mean, endless you know, I'm trying to think of a few, but I can't, I can't think of a lot of names right now, but the guys that get on man and they've predicted the end of the world down to the day and second, you know, a dozen times already. Well, after the second time, people aren't listening to you anymore. And, and if you're the same way, if you're jumping on every end times theory or every antichrist theory, people stop listening and they don't just stop listening to you about the end times. They stop listening. And when you're not credible anymore, when they don't see you as credible, they're not going to listen to you about Jesus. And that's um, being strong and immovable also applies to that. It helps us keep our credibility in the eyes of believers that need help and non-believers that need Jesus. You know, if you constantly say the sky is falling, people are just not going to listen to you. And, and one day you may be right. <laughs> that oh, The sky is falling. But that's what happened listening. to the boy who cried wolf. Eventually he was right. and Yeah, eventually he was right. Yes. I think he got eaten by a wolf. So, I mean, that's kind of, it's pretty dark, but it is what it is, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, again, uh, I don't want people to be listening to this and thinking we're trying to discourage conversation and study the right. problem. That's, that's the opposite. I just want you to do it in a healthy way. And it's okay to say, absolutely. Uh, it, it's, and, and I, 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 it is okay. I don't mind having conversations with people who are going to have statements like this where they say, I, I wonder if so-and-so is the, is the antichrist, you know, wh what do you think about it? I don't mind having those kind of conversations. Right. 
I can do it. You know, it doesn't bother me at all. And, um, and I do think some of those kinds of conversations helps keep some, keeps our mind on things to come. You know what I'm saying? And what's going on in the world, you know, you don't want to be oblivious. Um, but we have to be careful about how we share what we're thinking with others on, because, you know, when you get into prophecy, you start, you could, you, could, you I mean, to say somebody is the antichrist and they're not, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a like, big accusation. That's like, that's like slander. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Slander on steroids, man. It's, yeah. that's a rough one, man. Yeah. And the Bible says don't slander, you know, I mean, so you gotta, you gotta, you know, uh, anyway. Right. Uh, all right. Before I get into this next one, uh, anything else, man? No. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have to take some of these other questions at some point how many how many more scriptures do you have i I can't remember two more let's go through those man and then we're we got about 18 minutes left so if you can take about 10 minutes and go through those we can cover a couple questions or we can go through some of the questions and then maybe postpone those or anything like that the questions we've we've largely pushed through but you know well i'll tell you what Mm -hmm. let's uh well, what are the questions, first of all? What are, just give me the questions. So, um, and I've got some notes for these, but um, the questions largely revolved around, for Christians, what is the purpose and how to, or what is the purpose of reading Revelation and how do we read Revelation? And then talking about being watchful versus being panicky and fearful. We're about halfway through that one already, but we can okay. add some more. Um, right. What else? That's it. Those are really the only the only two that we had. Tell you what, that we haven't let, answered already. All right. Well, I tell you what, let's address that first one then. Let's go ahead and do that. Sure. Uh, about how what was it? How to read? Yeah. It, so how do we read Revelation and kind of what's the purpose? And um, you know, it's a it's an interesting topic. I've talked to a ton of people about this before, and and the interesting part of Revelation is we can get really tied up. In like we talked about earlier, well, what's the dragon mean? Well, what's this mean? What's this mean? And, and start trying to interpret the end times. But the important thing to remember is God gives John this vision. He doesn't give John the, the actual date. So, so the people that jump in and immediately start going, well, we can pinpoint the date by doing this math. No, you can't. That's just it. I mean, that's a lie. You can't do it. Um, so the purpose is not to uncover a win. Um, the purpose is not necessarily even to discover a how. So how does the world end? Well, we don't necessarily need to pin that down. If we take away, um, well, let's, let's start from there. If we, if we look at the original context for Revelation, it's a letter uh, from John to churches that were being severely persecuted. So when we look at the context of that, we see it as a book that becomes less about how and when the world will end and more about um, an encouragement through pain and an encouragement through persecution. So all of a sudden, if we read Revelation without trying hard to look at the prophecies and understand it as uh, you have problems now, there will be problems, God wins in the end, it all of a sudden becomes a very encouraging book and it becomes a book about how to how to live now. So how do you live for God now? Well, let's take a look at these churches who are being persecuted and and see how, you know, John instructed them to live. 
And so for me, the way I read Revelation is less about prophecy and less about interpretation of that and more about, like we talked about earlier, how do I use this knowledge to become more like Christ? How do I apply it to my everyday life? And so we end up with passages, you know, I mean, passages in Revelation where, um, you know, God addresses these churches through John and they're telling them, don't do this, do this. And we blitz past all that a lot of times to get to the more interesting stuff about prophecy and, and interpretation. And we, that's the important part for me. That's the, the more important part is kind of what, what were these churches told to do during their persecution and during their suffering? Yeah, and I, I do think that as you go through Revelation, you're going to have to answer those. Oh, yeah. Interpretation yeah. questions, you know. Yeah. And, um, uh, but with that said, though, um, uh, if you're, again, if you're studying it right, it will always lead you to Jesus. It will always encourage you to live for him. And the whole idea of how sovereign and in control and he wins all that stuff is it should be just flat out motivating you. And and again, 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 when you're going through life, if you the more you study the word and you, I mean you really see it, um, the Bible's constantly preparing you to go through difficult times. I mean that's just it's that's what it's sure. always doing, you know. And um, uh, and Revelation is no different. And I mean the Bible, the Revelation says that if you read this book, you are going to be blessed. I mean that's. You know, right. uh, and, and in multiple ways, but uh, uh, there is uh, something specific about Revelation. Uh, I mean, the whole Bible is going to be blessed by it anyway, but I mean, right. but that statement is made in Revelation. Mm -hmm. So um, there is something powerful about studying the book of Revelation. But again, it's about studying it right. Right. And that's, you're going to, like you said, you're going to run into interpretation questions all over the Bible, but especially in Revelations. Right. I think. A better way to say what I was trying to say would be, if I am going to get bogged down in something, I would rather it be, how do I apply this to my life than what exactly does this mean about the end of the world? Because if I get bogged down in what does this mean for the end of the world, I go straight for that knowledge. But personally, if I go for the application of what do I do right now, it leads me to being prepared for the coming of Christ. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. And remember our goal today is right. not to interpret anything. You know, we're right. not, we're not, this is not a study on prophecy. Right. It's more on what do we, how do we respond to it? Absolutely. Uh, and the, um, the idea of preparedness brings us into our next question, unless you have something to add about that question. No. So the, the other are, question, are you hearing static? Yeah, just a little bit. It's been going okay. on this whole time, and I don't know what's okay. what it's doing. All right, it's ridiculous. I think it's you, but that's okay. Yeah, it probably. Is. I really don't know what it is, but it's you know why? Because times. I'm electrifying. That's what's there you going go. on. I don't yeah. think that's it, but you know. So, uh, one of our members actually um, asked a question about um, being the idea of Jesus telling us not to worry, but also telling us to be watchful. And then she brought up the idea of being obsessed. Okay. And, and I think there are, there's a relationship between those words that's a little bit more of a, 
uh, not a fine line, but a, it's kind of a fine line between those words, you know? So, so what's the idea of obsessed? Well, that's something that absolutely consumes you. So is being obsessed a bad thing? Well, no, as long as you're obsessed with the right things. Um, should we be worried? Not necessarily, but I mean, like you said earlier, we're going to be a little bit worried for say our families, our kids, our grandkids, stuff like that. Um, but so, so the question really becomes, what does it mean to be watchful? What does it mean to be obsessed? And what does it mean to be worried? And, and for me, you know, you kind of have to land in the idea of being obsessed with being watchful, you know? So if we are living like we are, you know, uh, seeing the imminent return of Christ. So if, if I live today, like God is coming back tomorrow, that means I'm loving others. I'm sharing the gospel. I am preparing myself. And so is it a bad thing to be obsessed? I don't, I don't think so. I think it's a bad thing to be obsessed with the things that don't matter as much. Um, so being obsessed with, for example, determining the exact date and time. Okay, that's not a good thing to be obsessed with because the Bible's already told us nobody knows. And so if you find yourself in a biblical numerology book that says, well, if we take this number, this number, and this number of letters in the Bible, then we come up with this date. You know, that would, that would be obsessing over the wrong thing. But if we're obsessing over how do I become more like Christ so I am prepared when he returns? How do I help my kids become more like Christ? How do I help my family? How do I help my church? reach those people if we're obsessed with that i think that's what jesus was saying by being watchful not necessarily watching out for the day but preparing yourself so that you are ready for the day so i think i think that makes sense but you know well you know <clears throat> okay so the bible talks about jesus return is like a thief in the night right all right so you know I guess to help us understand this, what's the difference between being obsessed about a thief breaking into your house versus being watchful? Right. Oh, you see what I'm saying here? Absolutely. I have a, I don't stay up at night thinking about it, but I have an alarm on my door. Right. That's watchful. And a deadbolt uh, even. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, you know, obsessed would be, okay, I've got a gun in every room. I got cameras everywhere. I stay up at night, you know, and if I can't stay up, I'm going to have, I'm going to have my own bodyguard staying up with me. Um, you know, or while I'm sleeping, somebody's going to be, you know, walking around my house outside, you know, I've got, an, you know, an electric fence. I mean, I'm just spending every, I'm neglecting my family. I'm neglecting the other people around me. I'm spending money just simply to keep the thief out. You follow right, what I'm right. saying? Absolutely. I'm taking every measure possible on planet earth. I'm obsessed with it. Right. You know? And, um, versus being watchful. Right. And so, you know, I've, I've taken some precautions, but I'm still going to work. I'm still going to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm watchful, but I'm not worried. Right. Obsessed is I'm worried. You know what I'm saying? I feel like this might be the night that, you know, every night I think the thief is coming, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. I'm obsessed. And so, um, but however, Jesus doesn't want us to be obsessed with his return. He wants us to be right. watchful. Yeah, absolutely. He's coming. And so, you know, like, okay, um, the prodigal son, 
-hmm. that story. Yep. Okay. Uh, if you don't know it, the this guy had a, two sons. One son decided he wanted all his money uh, inherited, so he took his money, left, uh, was gone for a long time, blew it all, came poor, and uh, came to his senses while he was out in the world doing crazy stuff. Decided to come back home, and when the um, when the prodigal son returned, uh, the Bible says that the father was uh, staring at the horizon looking for his return. Uh, the father wasn't obsessed with it, but he was hoping and watching for his return. You understand the difference here? Mm, absolutely. The father kept living his life. He kept, he had another son. He had a family. He had to do stuff. And, um, you know, but, you know, he would look at the horizon to see if his son was, was returning. And so, uh, in a lot of ways, we live our life with like basically one eye on what we're doing and one eye on the sky. I mean, that's really what it is. Right, right. And so uh, we're watchful. Yeah, and let me let me just say too, I love those questions. Um, the questions that were posed to us, especially the ones that we got yesterday on Facebook, were just incredible um, because they both obviously come from a spot of of I want to learn how to do this and that's really cool and we love getting those questions so never feel like oh I can't send in that question I might you know I feel like I don't know the answer and that embarrasses me or whatever no th these questions are fantastic we love them well and I think some of the questions that we got may have come from the point of view that it's a Christian trying to deal with somebody else that Absolutely. is obsessed you know what I'm right. saying right. and how do they deal with that family member or that your son or daughter or parent or whatever that seems to kind of yeah. go in on the deep end of, of prophecy. And, yeah. We've uh, had a lot of those questions lately. And like I said, I've never had this many questions come up right. ever since right. until 2020. And then all of a sudden, you know, everything broke loose, but yeah. So anyway, hopefully we have more questions, not because of prophecy, absolutely. just because more people have time to read the Bible. You know what I'm talking sure, about? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Well, is um, there, was there something else to that question? No, that was it. But let me, um, let me ask you, um, before we go, because we're at an hour now and, uh, we knew it was going to go long. Um, we hope we answered the questions. We hope, you know, that you got something out of this. We also hope that you give us follow-up questions. If you hear this, um, you can head to, if you know us, you can Facebook messages, call us, whatever. Um, genesisbegins.com. Use that contact form that comes to us and we'll, We'll talk over those questions or, or send you an answer there. But before we go, Jeff, I want to know um, for our listeners, all one million of them, um, what were those two other scriptures that you were going to address? Because I'd like to be able to to point them to those. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, let me give that to you. And, but you know, here's the, if we get enough questions in response yeah. or comments that we might yeah. want to address from this, maybe uh, next time we can just shoot another one and we'll come yeah. back to these other two passages. Yeah, so if you asked questions or if you liked this, go ask more questions so that we have to shoot another one of this. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, so uh, you're writing this down. This is what it is. Uh, the next one I was going to look at was 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. Uh, that is definitely end time stuff. And it concludes with Paul saying, so encourage each other with these words. Okay, that's the... That's how we respond to it. The other one is um, in the next chapter, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. And when you get to the end of that, Paul simply says, but let us who live in the light be clear-headed, 
protected by the armor of faith and love and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. That's how you respond to all that end time stuff. So, uh, and we were going to kind of walk through all what all that meant. But again, um, seems to all come back to that preparedness. It seems to all come back to preparedness, encouragement, you know, getting people ready. Yeah, it is. And uh, when, if you're studying again, like I said at the very beginning, if you're studying prophecy correctly, you're going to feel more confident about the future. Mm -hmm. Your, your faith should be stronger. You should be encouraged and on and on it goes. Uh, But if you're studying it from a wrong perspective, yeah, you're going to start struggling with worry and lack of confidence and fear and doubt and all that, all that, all the stuff the devil would love for you to, you know, for you to be filled with rather than what God wants you filled with. Sure. Well, that's awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this. I hope you guys got something out of it. Uh, Like I said, send us any questions you've got and we'll see what we're doing next week. So we'll see you guys later. Later.